0: Welcome back to Unreliable Narrators, where we narrate things unreliably. I'm Kiara.
1: I'm Maggie. And today I am drinking from an owl-shaped mug, which is very exciting. I put Black currant Bracer into my tea. It's one of the teas that I bought in France. Um, uh, it's either that or lemon and lime zest, which kind of tastes like Sprite.
0: Oh, that doesn't sound bad. I mean, Sprite tastes good. I like Sprite. Yeah,
1: but, like, if Sprite were a tea, that's what it would taste like.
0: Anyway. I never actually know that until now, but now I know.
1: Mm-hmm. If you ever come over, I'll have you try some. Okay. I have an entire box of tea and no one to share it with, so come visit and I'll give you some Sprite tea.
0: <laughs> I would like to come visit and see you again.
1: <laughs> well, guess what I did yesterday?
0: What did you do yesterday?
1: I went to church. Oh, okay. (laughs) And then, when I came back, I did chores. And then after that, as a reward for my hard work throughout the day, I watched The Lion King for the first time, because I was definitely not coerced into doing so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this is the thing with Maggie. She hasn't seen, like, so many of the classic Disney movies. And I grew up with all of the Disney movies, and so I, whenever we started this podcast, I was like, I just want to make you watch Disney movies because it'll be interesting. I thought to see the the perception of someone watching them for the first time as an adult versus someone who's rewatching them with all like the childhood nostalgia. And so, first one on the docket was The Lion King, and we both watched it last night. I rewatched it, and you watched it for the first time. Do you have any just like initial thoughts to get off the table? Okay. Off the table? First of all,
1: I just to defend myself a little bit because you were like, wow, Maggie's never seen any Disney movies, which is factually correct. But you make it sound <laughs> like I was living under a rock for most of my life, which is not necessarily true. Like it just wasn't a thing in my house. It was kind of like, yes, these are movies that exist, but my parents weren't really like, let's watch a Disney movie together. Like if we were going to watch something together, we usually watched Jeopardy, which is a different kind of sheltered. Um, <laughs> and, like, we didn't have cable growing up, so I didn't watch the Disney Channel or anything like that. But that's a whole different realm of nonsense. Um, And the other thing was, like, I was kind of turned off from Disney from an early age because I had these neighbors who lived up the street from us. And I was friends with, like, their kids and stuff. But they, like... I, I, I mean, the best way I can explain it is that they were members of the Mickey Mouse cult. <laughs> um, I, 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 what? This is not an Like, they were really, really, really into Disney to the point of that it was kind of scary. And it was also funny because this was the same family who, like, condemned me for playing Pokemon games. And I was like, but have you not seen your obsession with the big mouse?
0: some people are a little bit hypocritical when it comes to that, because there are some people who are like, oh, Harry Potter is evil because it's magic, but then they'll let their kids watch Disney and, like, don't care about, like, any of the magic and stuff in there, and I'm just kind of like, there's some some dark stuff in Disney movies. Like, even in The Lion King, like how we were talking about earlier, how Scar just gets torn apart by his own hyenas, and it's just like,
1: It's it's just the circle of life. It's, it's a not.
0: Circle of life.
1: Anyway, so it's
0: not. Long. It's <laughs> not like I
1: grew up with parents who were like, "You can't watch Disney movies because they're from Satan" or anything like that. It was just like it wasn't really a part of me growing up, and now it's really fun to be in college. And people are like, "Oh yeah, it's like that scene from." whatever movie and I'm like yep I have no idea what you're talking about and then just watching the horror on their faces is so priceless they're like you've never seen this movie and I'm like nope and they're just they're just shocked it's amazing like that because I almost don't want to watch them because I just enjoy I just derive so much pleasure from watching people get offended over the fact that I didn't see the movie that they watched growing up
0: Well, now I think it's fun because now I can make you watch them and we can document it and it can be great. Like, I don't know why, but, like, last night, because whenever you were messaging me, just, like, you didn't message me, of course, like, a lot of thoughts about it because we wanted to talk about it today. But, like, you were messaging me a few reactions to it, and I'm just sitting there and, like, I am so happy that I am the reason she's experiencing this right now. Like, yes, (laughs) like, I'm so happy I got you into this. So, like, I guess I'd have to say on the bear, on, like, the i don't know the barest level the most simplest of things did you like it or did you dislike it
1: i didn't dislike it like i didn't hate it it wasn't something like wow i wish there was something else it wasn't like i was sitting there like there are so many things i'd rather be doing right now but i wasn't like man i really can't wait to watch this movie again like it was a movie and i watched it and i enjoyed it for 86 minutes or however long it runs
0: it's like 90-ish, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. so it wasn't... It, it, it was a movie, and I watched it, and I enjoyed it, and now <laughs> I can move on with my life.
0: <laughs> I love it. I was just like, I remember it was okay. And I'm just here like, The Lion King. It's,
1: okay, I feel that way about a lot of movies, though. Like, I'm just kind of like, yep, that was a movie. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know.
0: Well, I have some fun facts about have the fun. Lion King as a movie and about the making of the movie uh like for you. Okay. Alright, so let's well first uh for anyone who maybe doesn't know, we're talking about the animated Lion King produced by Walt Disney. Animation came out in nineteen ninety-four and I could be like bacon and eggs and rattle off how much money it made and what the budget was but i didn't look any of that up so i'm not going to tell you that all i can remember is that it was made in 1994 so that's all the information you're getting go on imdb and you can find the rest
1: listen if but- you know how to access our podcast you know how to access this information on the internet do 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 some intellectual exercise and learn for yourself
0: don't make me do all the work guys go yeah. go look at it <laughs> But The Lion King was, well, here's something for you, since I don't know, have you heard the terms, like, the Disney Renaissance and stuff?
1: Vaguely. I've, no, no one's ever explained it to me. I know it's, it has to do with, like, a certain time. I know, obviously, Renaissance refers to any kind of time period. But it's a certain time period where, like, these are, like, the best Disney animated movies or something like that. Am I correct?
0: Yeah, pretty much. So, okay. well, you go I learn today. No one, since no one told you before, you're gonna learn now. So, basically, the first ever fully animated movie, like feature-length movie, was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, in like 1934. I think it was. That was that's considered the golden age of Disney from. Let me look real quick to see if I can find actual dates. Because I know that the golden age of Disney was with movies like Dumbo, Pinocchio, White and the Seven Dwarfs. I think Cinderella might have been in there. Uh I feel like it might have been like one or two other ones. And then I should have looked this up beforehand, but I didn't think about it until now. So oh, here we go. The seven eras of Disney filmmaking. Yeet! All right. So um from 1937 to 1942 was the golden age. That consisted of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, and Bambi. These that I have no desire to watch. So, like, the mo, Well, you're watching Bambi at some point, but um, <laughs> Bambi is so good. So that was um, from 1937 to 1942. Those are considered, like, some of the most... The classiest of the classics. I On this site... The classics. At this site, it says... This is D-I-Z-Avenue.com. I'm not advertising them. I don't know who they are, and I oh, it's Disney Avenues and Disney. Ha, okay, but I I'm not advertising any of their content. I don't know what else they put up, but this is just I an article. I found. it's good. Degrees. So it says that, that usually the Golden Age was characterized more of like some of the darkness of Disney films, some of like dark elements. Um, I think it's also usually by more passive characters like Snow White or uh, even Dumbo sort of where the, the action just sort of happens to them. And then... Things happen and people die. Yeah. Or 1943 to die. 1949 was the wartime era which was a lot of like Wait, really... Wartime? Yeah, the wartime era. That one, these are a lot of like lesser known ones. That one's not really one you usually hear about a lot. So the wartime era I won't go into. Uh, The Silver Age, you don't care about again as much. That was 1950-1959. That consisted of Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, The Sword in the Stone, and The Jungle Book. Those were, I think, were... you The Jungle Book a couple weeks ago?
1: Sorry, I know you know don't...
0: The live-action one.
1: Oh, the animated one, like the the old one. When I, was in, when I was staying with my host family in France, they were like, hey, we're going to watch a movie tonight. We're going to watch The Jungle Book. And I was like, okay, except it was in French, so I have no idea what happened. Like, I watched <laughs> but I just, I know there were some events that occurred. what um,
0: happened. It. There was a tiger.
1: There were some animals and a child. Continue with your um, history lesson, please. Yeah.
0: 1970 to 1988 was Disney's Bronze Age. And Bronze Age is actually the nice name for it. More commonly, it's called Disney's Dark Ages. Which, actually, two movies, I re- actually, know three movies I really, really love are actually in that age. Uh, the Aristocats, Fox and the Hound, Oliver and Company. I haven't seen Oliver and Company in so long, though. So, that was whenever Disney wasn't really doing as well. And I think especially The Black Cauldron didn't do very well, and people were like, we don't like what Disney's doing. And then the Disney Renaissance was from 1989 to 1999, and The Lion King, I believe, was the fourth movie to come out in the Disney Renaissance. And um, it's considered, like, this says it's considered the pinnacle of Disney films. And so they are not, like, the classiest classics, like the Golden Age, but, like, they are the quintessential Disney classics. And it was whenever... Disney started having some heroines like Mulan or Belle who were taking more of an active part in their story and not just letting the plot happen to them, actually going out and doing things, which is refreshing.
1: Yes, that- <laughs> so don't sue me, okay? I did watch that.
0: You but you, Which one did you watch, Mulan?
1: Yeah, it said I watched Mulan. I watched that in high school.
0: I like Mulan. Mulan's awesome.
1: I would watch it again.
0: The other eras aren't as important after that, since we're going more to the Renaissance era. There's also the post-Renaissance era, which is 2000-2009, and then pretty much the modern era now, which is 2010 to present. But, uh, the post- not post- the Renaissance era is the one that we're focusing on, because Lion King was one of the movies in that Renaissance. I believe it actually was the one... Out of the, like, eight movies that came out, not eight, ten movies, wow, I can't count. Out of the ten movies that came out in, like, the Renaissance era, I believe The Lion King made the most out of all of them. I could be wrong, so fact check me if you want, but I think that it did, or it was one of the highest, if not the highest. And then that was also, it's, like, popularly known as, not everyone obviously will say this, but probably the largest number of people will say that the lion king is one of if not the like best disney animated movie like ever made like the lion king is so beloved so yeah so the lion king in general is one of the renaissance movies so it's considered a really really good disney movie and i said 15 minutes ago that i had fun facts for you and then i never said them so i'm sorry about that
1: (laughs) I interrupted you as I am prone to do so please tell me your fun fact
0: how did we get on? okay but how did we get on the renaissance era thing why did I even bring that up I guess maybe that was one of the fun facts is that it was I mean one of the- I started explaining why I hadn't seen any
1: Disney movies and then you started roasting me again and talking about like why haven't you seen any of these movies and then you gave me a history lesson on all the movies that I have not seen
0: I do not remember roasting you it
1: at all but okay history with Kiara Kalmy.
0: I'll be the one editing this and I'll see if I actually did roast you or not. Because I don't think I did. But I think
1: you did. I deserve it.
0: All right. Well, there are some fun uh facts about like the making of the movie or just general interesting things in the movie. So one thing, here's here's something. How many of the roars that you hear in the Lion King do you think are actual lion roars?
1: Hmm. I think they were all actual animal roars. I don't know if all of them were lions.
0: Actually, there are no lion roars, like actual lion roars in the entire movie. I do believe, if I remember correctly, that a few of them were tiger roars because it's like more powerful usually than a lion. But the majority of them was actually done by the actor Frank Welker, who, like, took, like, a trash can and would, like, roar into it and get, like, this really cool sound. So a lot of it is just, like, this guy yelling into a trash can and making these really cool sounds. Like, that's Uh, always interesting to me, is that, like, yeah, it's but no lions roared.
1: No lions were harmed in the making of this film.
0: Well, I mean, they weren't harmed, but technically the animators did have a lion cub Brought into the studio so they could like watch how it moved and like the musculature and stuff and replicate it. Because the 1990s were some, I guess, weird times where they were like, Yeah, we could just bring a lion cub into our studio in California. Well, the new tourism that doesn't have that. But let's, how about two quick facts about Scar, the villain of the story? This one's more of like an observation that people have made, but Scar is the only lion throughout the movie. Where you can always see his claws they're always uh unsheathed whereas all the other lions you just see their you know their paws with their claws uh, uh sheathed and you only see their claws if they for some reason are doing something like fighting or something but scar is the only one that you always see his claws which is kind of cool because it's like yeah he's antagonistic he's he's not yeah he's a bad guy and then also the voice actor for Scar, Jeremy Irons, actually threw out his voice while he was recording Scar's song, Be Prepared. Uh, he, re- he lost it on the line, you won't get a sniff without me. And so actually the voice of one of the hyenas, Ed, the voice actor, Jim Cummings, who's also done like Winnie the Pooh and a lot of other voices, he actually had to do to step in for Jeremy Irons and sing the rest of the song. So like only half of the song is actually Jeremy Irons singing it and the rest is Jim Cummings, which is cool to me because I'm assuming you didn't hear any difference because I've never heard a difference knowing that.
1: I think that was around, okay. I think that part in the movie was around the time that I realized that Scar was voiced by Jeremy Irons and it was making me uncomfortable (laughs) and I was venting to you about it. So I'm not entirely sure it was paying all that much attention.
0: I don't know. I mean, I know I've never like I've known that for a really long time that fact, but I don't think I've ever like really noticed it. So I was just like, oh, oh, yeah, there you go, movie magic. Yeah, I was just like, it's his voice. It's still Jeremy Irons, but it's actually not something people have noticed. And this is something that was not in the CGI Lion King, the twenty nineteen version that just recently came out as the time of recording
1: what i said as of this recording i interrupted you as you were saying the same thing oh
0: <laughs> we have great minds to think like. this was something that they didn't put in it which they already shortened be prepared and I was bad about that but something that's really uh interesting in the do you think we should just try for i don't know you know when else we'll be able to but... So, something that they didn't have in the CGI remake of The Lion King that just came out like a week ago, as of this recording, was uh, in the song you prepared in the 1994 animated version. The hyenas are marching in front of Scar as Scar is up in this tall rock, and it's supposedly supposed to resemble Nazi troops uh, marching in front of Hitler. Hmm. So, how do you want to go through this? Should we go through character by character, go through kind of, like, chronologically in plot order? Should we go by songs? What do you want to talk about?
1: I don't remember any of the songs. So, I mean, like, okay, people, this is another thing that's just, like, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm so different from the mainstream and different from everybody else. It's just, like, people talk about all the Disney songs, like, in movies, and I'm, I don't not care. Like, I don't think they're bad. I just don't Like, they're not very memorable to me, ever. I can't... circle's like so. Eh, I guess. I mean, I know of them, and I know usually what movies they belong to. But if you asked me, like, hey, do you know X song? I'd be like, I've heard it maybe once. It's not a genre of music that I particularly care for in the first place. So I usually don't listen to songs in movies that much. It's just not my thing.
0: Did you have any specific thoughts about any of the characters? Okay, so um, you you messaged me while you were watching it, and you were like, not to be dramatic, but I would die for Simba, and I just, I, I, I don't, I want to know the the story behind that. Like, what was happening at that point that you were just like, yes, I would die for Simba.
1: Oh, it okay. That was like still in like the first act of the movie, but as he's running away. Like, after Scar kills his father, and he's running away from the place, and still a small child, and I was just like, I'll protect the small child, but that wasn't about <laughs> it. Like, after that, I was just kind of like, oh, you're an adult now, and I don't care about you anymore. Not, okay, not that I don't care, <laughs> just like, it's like, you're fine, clearly. You
0: don't need hey, you Hey, girl, who cares? You're not cute anymore. No one cares, Simba. Correct. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs>
1: Um, I've also just okay, I've also just been watching a lot of things that have like small child characters in them, and I'm just like, these are all my children now.
0: <laughs> I like, am your mother, like, children.
1: I, I'm midway through season three of Stranger Things, and I'm just like, oh yes, all these small like high school ish children, like I would, I, you're you're my child now. I guess they're so. You're like, like Steve. I don't know what grade they're in.
0: So you're like Steve then.
1: I I'd like to think I have a little bit more brains than Steve Harrington, but.
0: Okay, disclaimer, though, for everyone listening, I have never seen a single episode of Stranger Things. I just have randomly specific knowledge of Steve Harrington because despite never watching the Damn. series.
1: Okay, every time, this is a tangent, but like every time I watch an episode, I'm just like, wow, like he, he is not the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree. Let's put it that way. But I'm just like, man, Aww. good thing you're pretty because you are so dumb. You've got nothing else going for you. Like I'm sorry, that's just, like okay. He's got a halfway decent personality. But I was like, good thing you're pretty because otherwise, you you've got nothing. Sorry, that's just the way the world works.
0: I want that on a t-shirt. It's like a picture of Steve Harrington. It's like you're pretty because you got nothing else going for you. I'm sure I'm not the
1: first person who's said this. I am fairly I don't certain. Like
0: it <laughs> Yeah, that's wonderful. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> oh my. Anyway.
1: Well, anyway, back to what we're actually talking about.
0: I was like, how did we even get... Anyway, I so... I was talking um... about how
1: I'd protect small children.
0: Even right. though I don't
1: like both children. Sorry. Oh, okay. I <laughs> love kids. I know you do. If you're
0: a kid and you're listening to this, I like you but Maggie doesn't.
1: Because I'm a bad person.
0: You also told me as you were watching that the voice actor of Scar, Jeremy Irons, voiced some <laughs> audiobook for school you okay. listen to.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, so in January, for my January J-term, cla- J-term. no one knows what that means. At my school, we instead of, like, having a normal spring semester, our spring semester starts in February. And we have, throughout the month of January, we have what we call J-Term, which is a three-week intensive course. So I'm in the same class every day for about three hours a day. But that's the only class I'm taking for those three weeks. Okay. Does that make sense? So the yeah. class that I took this last January, um, the book that we read was... I won't give the title because it's like, you know, not recommended for children, but um, it was a very uncomfortable book for a lot of reasons. And like, I enjoyed the class a lot. Like once we actually got into analyzing the book, which is what I had signed up for, I actually enjoyed everything. But it was just like reading it the first time. I was like, and it wasn't a surprise to me. Like the the professor had warned us about it. Um, But the first time I read it before the class, I listened to it on audiobook. And the audiobook is narrated by Jeremy Irons, who also plays a character in a movie adaptation of the book. So okay. that was that was my association. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is uncozy now.
0: Which is good, because scar's supposed to be terrible.
1: Well, it's a different kind of terrible. I can tell you more about it later.
0: Everyone's gonna be wondering now, and I'm just gonna be like, I mean,
1: a-? Any person with an internet connection can probably figure out what I'm talking about if you really wanted to dig into it, but I'll just leave it vague because I like to do that.
0: I love Jeremy Irons, though. I think he does such a great job uh, of listening to Oh, Because Scar's... I love Scar because he's menacing, but he's also very sassy and, like, (laughs) good at playing a role. Like, Like, you know he's evil, but... Uh, just the way like he manipulates like Simba into going to the elephant graveyard or something. You're mm-hmm. you're just like, Oh my goodness, you're terrible and I love you.
1: Okay. Did you know that Kiara is a Slytherin? Because I think that just about makes that clear right there.
0: Not all Slytherins are evil.
1: Mmm, you might be. <laughs>
0: I might you're be terrible you're Terrible
1: right. and I love you. Ooh oh. no. Um I'm taking please, applications please. for a new podcast partner. So, if you okay, have also... any suggestions, you can just tweet at me at writermags on Twitter, and I will um, I'll take a look at your
0: credentials. I also might be needing a new job soon, so if if you have a podcast you want me to talk about, <laughs> bar on, tweet me at Kiara Calme on Twitter. That's K I A R A underscore K L M E Y because yeah, yeah, I'm being kicked off of my own podcast. <laughs>
1: The the one caveat is you know um, Kiara might just uh, murder you or manipulate you into breaking some rules and then kill your father so you know whatever
0: was that was that a, that was a scar reference I was trying to figure that out I'm like wait was that a scar reference what movie
1: are we talking about
0: again I okay <laughs> since you said Slytherin and you were whenever you were saying that I was thinking of Voldemort and I was just like oh okay. Which, I don't know anything I, I about Harry Potter. I'm
1: pretty sure we covered this on the last episode. I don't know anything about Harry Potter. Except and we for need like episode
0: with you with Harry Potter. Oh, that's so bad. You and I need to get together and we need to have a Harry Potter movie marathon and it'd be There's so much so fun. Long. Well, we could do it over, like two days or something. I don't know, but I think it'd be fun. Anyway, Lion King. Um Anyway, Lion King <laughs> a movie that I have yeah. Yeah. Are are you glad you've seen it? I mean it exists. I've watched it. <laughs> it's just funny, just since I grew up with it, like my attachment to it, like rewatching it, it was just like this is just the best thing and I love it. And and, and it's Disney and it's the Renaissance era and it's Lion King mm-hmm. and I just so excited. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. And then they're,
0: okay. they're lions. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's a very
1: pretty movie. Like, it I is. Think beautiful. It, it's visually impressive, and I like that about it. I, I'm trying to watch more animated movies lately, and part of this is Disney movies are not necessarily included in that, even though I know there are some that I should watch. I just I find that I enjoy animated shows and animated movies more for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's just maybe it's a phase. Um, but just every, like, all the live-action movies I watch are either, are just, like, Marvel movies. And that's fine, because most other things don't interest me, but I'm just like, okay, I feel like I need to branch out, because every time someone asks me what my favorite movie is, I don't have an answer for them. Actually, no, I do have an answer for them, but it's not an answer that most people like. What is it? I already told you, it's Scott Pilgrim, which is not oh, a good movie.
0: That random movie that I still don't know anything about. I, gonna, the fact okay, Chris I will show you some review.
1: video clips later. And you can decide whether or not you actually want to watch it. Because it's not, it, the main characters are not that, in, okay, they're interesting, but they're not, like, likable. <laughs> but the the rest of the movie is great, other than that. But it's just, like, really hard to like the main characters. And I don't know if you're supposed to or not. But anyway, I just like that movie. But that's, like, my go-to. And most people are just like, what are you talking about? And which is fair, because it's, I think it lost money, actually, when it was released, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we got on that tangent. I'm talking about animated movies, because I don't watch a lot of live-action films that aren't superhero movies anymore. And I like superhero movies, but I'm so tired of them, you know?
0: Well, I mean, I'm not tired of superhero movies, but I think, yeah, I think animation is good to get into because it's so cool what can be done with it. Like, yes, <laughs> a lot of my examples and stuff are going to be Disney and Disney Pixar, but that's because they are like the front runner of like all the new Technology and stuff, but like there are other uh, studios with movies with animated movies I like, but like two inferior
1: studios.
0: Yeah, they usually are inferior. I mean, you can't beat Disney Pixar. I mean, you can't have you You can't have a monopoly and own everybody's souls. Well, I mean, I'm okay. The only monopoly I will accept is Disney because I mean they're making Marvel now and I'm liking it and. They're making Star Wars, and I love The Force Awakens, so I go for it. I I'm okay with it. All so.
1: bow down to the great and mighty
0: Mouse. Well, I guess unless like they would buy like the Dragon Prince or something, and then not let them do anything, because yeah. well, actually the,
1: the Dragon Prince is owned by um, Netflix,
0: technically. <sighs> Yeah, but someday, <laughs> someday Disney's gonna own everything. It's gonna be like, all right.
1: I don't just, think they is- can buy Netflix. I think Netflix uh, has gotten offers to like sell before, and they won't. But, well, I guess so we'll see.
0: Good. But um, yeah, like, with two D with two D animation, like it was. I mean, it still is beautiful. Most of the times you're not seeing two D animation anymore, um, and it's so pretty, and it's like hand drawn, and then it's wonderful because it's very artistic and there can be all these bright colors, but then also 3D animation or computer-generated animation is also so good nowadays because, like, the texture that you can get and, like, the realism without Mm -hmm. going into the Uncanny Valley is so good. Like, um, in Disney's Moana, which is one that I love so much, that one... What like oh like the water animation and stuff was so beautiful. That which, is yes, good Finding Nemo that. Finding Nemo was like the first one that like, really revolutionized using water mm-hmm. in animated movies, and that was of course Pixar, but uh Moana definitely ugh, did so well with it. And then like Zootopia, which is one of my favorites, is so good when it comes to like fur texture and animals and Oh, I love animation so much. I love what animation can do. And that's why I'm not a huge fan of everything being, let's make it live action. Because yes. there are things that a live action movie or you know show can't do that an animated TV series or movie can do.
1: I just don't see the appeal of basically watching the same movie twice, but worse the second time. Because everyone, I've only seen... Actually, that's, that's not even a fair comparison. The only live-action adaptation I've seen was um the Beauty and the Beast one, but I haven't even seen the original, so I feel like I can't make a comparison. But from what I've seen, most people are just kind of like, this was a movie, and it, like it looked cool, but it wasn't as good as the original, so I'm like, Why are people still going to them? And why are you paying money to see the same movie twice, but apparently not as good the second time around? Why don't you just stay at home and get out your DVD, your Blu ray, or whatever, and watch the movie that you like more?
0: I think that, on the viewer point of things, not the the Disney producer, because I'm sure for them, there probably is a lot of like, well, we can make money from this. But yeah. From the audience point of view, I think it's because it is cool to imagine what things would look like. Like, as if it really, you know, happened or whatever. And with some of the live-action ones, I actually have thought that they're good. I mean, of co- And I think that partially the reason why they won't ever match up to the original, not only because the originals were animated, but also just because there is such a nostalgia for most people. Because we grew up with them, and we watched them, and we loved them, and so we're excited to see them. But then it's kind of like, okay, well, that wasn't what I wanted. But several of the Anna, not anime, the live-action ones that I've seen that I really like are ones that not only retell the story, but actually add to it. So the Jungle Book uh, by John Favreau, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin are all three that I like. The Jungle Book I like the most out of all of those. And they add some things to the stories, fill in some plot holes from the animated ones and make it, I think, a little bit better. Cinderella was not my favorite, but I'd never been a fan even of the animated Cinderella, so that could be why. And then I actually saw the live-action version of The Lion King recently, as the time of recording, and uh, I was not a fan of it, but I think that is because they didn't really add anything to it, and whatever they did add didn't need to be there. <laughs> So it is a tricky thing, and I i mean, I, mean, I think that there yeah, are some good live-action ones, I just, I don't know, I just think that sometimes we think everything needs to be live-action, when live-action can't accomplish all the really cool stylistic choices that animation can.
1: Watching, I, okay, i that's not true. I haven't watched any of the Lion King live-action, ac, live like, they actually got a real lion in there. Yep, that's what happened. Um, I haven't seen any of like the new Lion King trailers or anything. Just like a couple of screen caps here and there, and like, cause I did not care, and I still don't care. Because after watching the animated version, I'm like, how on earth are they going to make this actually interesting? Because like, I get like the story is interesting, but you, I don't connect. You know when you were a kid and like there were all those like really crummy like dog movies, and it's just like this is rated G. We can show this to our child. And I'm not saying dog movies are inherently bad, but it was always like, this kid and their dog growing up. You know what I'm talking about?
0: I'm not entirely sure, but I'm like, as a kid, you're you're talking to the kid that would have been like, anything with animals, anything with dogs, I want it. So I probably watched them and just liked them.
1: Okay. Implicitly. I, I'm not saying that they're, like, unenjoyable. I'm just saying, like, they're not the pinnacle of cinema or anything like that. So, like, it feels like that like but it's not even a dog it's a wild animal so i'm just confused as to how i'm supposed to connect to a computer-generated realistic looking lion or whatever like i don't understand how that's supposed to happen because i have a hard enough time like Like I was saying, like those like dog movies. And for some reason, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But I'm just like, yep, this is a dog. And maybe that's because I didn't have pets in my house growing up. Whatever. Um, You can tweet at me and tell me I had a deprived childhood. No dogs and no Disney. I just don't understand. Because part of what gets you into a story is having engaging characters. And I don't see how you're going to have engaging characters if they look like realistic predators
0: that's what i think the problem the main problem with the cgi uh, remake of the lion king was that was that fact that you lost so much drama and emotion and the voice acting i thought was you know fairly good like for example mufasa's death which i actually want to ask you about the animated version after we finish okay. this but uh with mufasa's death in the live action one I'm sitting there, and I literally was sitting in the theater. And I lean over to my mom, and I go, "This isn't nearly." I said the original's still sadder, because the kid that was—I wish I knew the actor's name off the top of my head, but I don't. But the kid that was playing Simba in the CGI remake, his voice acting seemed pretty good. Like he, like there was emotion in his voice. You could tell, like he was trying not to cry and stuff. But then I look at this lion that has like no emotion on its face. And there's a disconnect there. And so then not only am I having a hard time connecting them and feeling that emotion along with the character, but then I'm also sort of getting pulled out of the movie a little bit because I'm, th- I'm looking at that saying, well, the voice doesn't match what I'm seeing, and it, it all just gets mixed up. So, yeah, I think that's a huge problem. And then oh, still sort of on this tangent, but one last thing with that is, like for example, when Netflix was like, oh, we're doing a live-action Avatar The Last Airbender series. Everyone was like, have we learned nothing from the movie? No, don't do that.
1: I think it's going to work, though. I really think it could be good. I think it
0: could be good, and I do want to see it. I haven't seen the
1: other movie that doesn't exist, but I really think it could be good.
0: It could be good, and I do want to see it, but, again, I think that it's going to lose something that the animated series was able to do so well, is Mm -hmm. that in animation you can push the limits of facial expressions and body language and make everything more extreme and get like all this different emotion and humor out of things. Mm -hmm. And after the last airbender, the series, the animated series was one of those that like did that a lot, like really out there facial expressions and like body movement and it was very humorous, but that's a kind of physical humor that you can't carry over
1: mm-hmm. to live
0: action because even if you try to like CGI it in there so that they can make you know like a really weird expression or something, it's just gonna look weird or come out yeah. freaky or something, and it's not gonna work. And so then you're gonna lose that, and so that's something that worries me. Is because Avatar: The Last Airbender did have a lot of like humor and stuff. Like so you think of you know Sokka and all the things Sokka did throughout the series mm-hmm. and that stuff, that's not going to translate well to live action because you're not going to get that same expression or that same extreme movement.
1: One of the, okay. One of these days, cause you kind of, m- my brain made this connection. One of these days I'm going to make you watch like some anime and just see, cause like a lot of what you're saying, uh, a lot of the qualities that you're mentioning about, Avatar, The Last Airbender, are things that I feel like are also anime qualities, even though it's they're two different things. Like, Avatar is Western animation, so not anime, technically. So I'm putting my foot down on that. I just feel like same, similar things. And Netflix has done um, live-action adaptations of some popular animes, and I know two of the ones I know off the top of my head are Death Note and Full Metal Alchemist. Neither of those I've... I've watched the animes. I haven't watched the... Live action adaptations because I heard they were not great. And I'm wondering if it's for the same reasons you referenced why an Avatar live action adaptation might not work. So maybe one of these days I'll watch those if I'm feeling like causing myself some pain.
0: Well, I have to say that I've never like, watched anything to do with like the Death Note or anything, but do you know that Death Note has a musical? I did know that actually. I haven't seen anything. Like I haven't, I don't know
1: anything other than that it exists.
0: I was watching, like, a Thomas Sanders video one time that like, they mentioned one of the songs, and I was just like, isn't that an anime? <laughs> and that so I was would be very surprised. I was like, oh, okay, we're doing musicals now, right?" That actually,
1: that actually makes sense. I'm pretty sure at one point there was an Ace Attorney musical, like, only in Japan. Oh my I goodness. know there was a stage adaptation of it. Hold on. I'm looking <laughs> it up.
0: We got so off track. I, I hope you understand
1: this. how, like, I mean... No one in the United States cares about Ace Attorney except for like ten people. But no, I don't want to see the article in musical theater. But like it's really big in Japan, which is unfortunate because it means things get published in Japan but don't come to the States. Wikipedia says it has been the base for a manga series, drama CDs, musicals, and stage plays. So I was doubly correct. Wow. Anyway.
0: Well anyway, the Lion King
1: I feel like. Anyway, the Lion be- King. Well, we were talking be, like, about animation and adaptations, so it was all relevant.
0: I feel like though, like I need to like rename the episode instead of being like, "Oh, we're talking about the Lion King," I'd be like, "Live action versus animation." Like that's the discussion. But okay, so were there any parts of Lion King, like the movie specifically, that were your favorites? It doesn't need to be like, "Oh, this was the most amazing thing I've ever seen," but like. Was there something specific that was a little bit more emotional? You were like, oh, I liked that, or that was done well, or something.
1: There really wasn't anything that stuck out that much to me. I know that's really lame, but it was... but there wasn't any moment that I was like, ah, yes, this is the best thing ever.
0: Yeah, but I'm not saying it's but... the best thing ever. I'm just saying, that, like, in general, something like, oh, they handled Mephasa's death really interestingly or they handled it pretty well or oh that one thing Scar said was kind of was like a really good line or something like that like I love you know Scar's little long live the king whenever before he kills Mufasa because like it's just so creepy and menacing so- and okay
1: those like things like that I don't know if they were as impactful for me because a lot of those lines are like memes now like the scene where he like Where he kills Mufasa. I knew that line was coming because I've seen the memes based on that scene. Does that make sense? I've never even seen memes based on... Okay, maybe not a meme, but, like, people make that reference in a joking manner. Again, you
0: have no idea what I'm saying. No, I don't. I've watched The Lion King since birth, so, like everything so even like if there are things that are joked about now I see it more as like a joke after the fact rather than seeing it as oh that's a joke now like I just see oh yeah someone has made a joke about whatever I've got
1: I, I, I can't find anything it's only those things like everything in this movie that was probably supposed to be impactful in some way got watered down for me because I've seen it referenced in other like internet jokes or memes or whatever or, like, just people talking in everyday life. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, you mentioned the long live the king line. First of all, I knew it was coming, because I've seen the joke. And so, I, I probably sound crazy, but it's just like, oh, yes, this, this happened, This event occurred. Same with at, towards the end of the movie, where Simba's deciding whether or not to go back home, and, like, he hears his father's voice in the clouds or whatever. Does that, I'm not describing it well, but you know what scene I'm talking about.
0: Oh yeah, I know. Like yeah. you okay. can literally list probably just about any scene in that movie. I'm gonna immediately be like, "Oh yes, that yeah. one random scene." Like I, I'll know that. It, no, know it. I just keep
1: talking, and Kiara's meeting me with dead silence, and I'm like, "Is she still there? Did she fall asleep on me?" Which would be totally justifiable, but I. Understand. I thought
0: you were still like gonna keep going though. Like I thought you were going to assume. because so I'm just like, I need well, validation every five seconds,
1: or else I die. Do you understand? <laughs> Well, yes, go on, the, the cloud. I just, I don't know if I've heard people make jokes about it or something. It's just, what I know that's supposed to be, like, a big moment of like, he sees his father and he's like, okay, I, I know what I need to do now, et cetera, et cetera. And, like, it's still a powerful moment, but I'm watching the scene and I hear, my brain goes to, ah, yes, this is an internet joke now. And so it just immediately loses all deep meaning, which is, like, a sad phenomenon. So all that to say, I don't know if there's any, like, any of those big moments that really felt all that impactful to me. They were just moments in the plot of a movie. And again, I don't, that's not to say it's a bad movie or anything. It's just, I didn't particularly enjoy it all that much. Okay, I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't watch it again. I'd rather watch something else.
0: Oh, no. Okay. Are, are there any of the characters, like, you... Maybe you liked a little bit more than any of the others?
1: Mm, I like Nala. She's cool.
0: Nala, yeah, she is.
1: I love Teeth men and Fumba. I was gonna say, you sound like you don't like her. Do we need to have a no, talk I like again? Nala.
0: I just, it's just she's not gonna be one that sticks out, I guess, as much to me. Like, if I go, just because you, I guess you don't see her, maybe quite as much. Well, I guess you do. I don't know. No, yeah. I do love Nala. I think she's good, and I love her in... The Lion King 2, which now I'm wondering if I should not make you watch that, because you don't seem to really be a huge fan of this one. Um, I, but
1: Um, <laughs> Like I said, I don't hate it. It was just... It's not my thing. And maybe part of that's just I don't have the nostalgia attachment to it. And I'm not saying you only like it because it's nostalgic. It's just... I don't like it as much as
0: other movies that I've seen. So, there. Well, I do... I do like Nala. Like I said, I really like her role. I think she really grows and matures even more in the second movie. And is such a good mom. And I love her. Um, So, no, I do love Nala. It's just that, like, the ones, like, I would immediately go to that, like, stick out. I'd be like, oh, my goodness, Timon and Pumbaa. And then maybe Simba. I mean, Simba has some issues. (laughs) Like, I guess probably Scar and Timon and Pumbaa are the three that stick out most to me. So I don't know if I do, like, say they're my favorite characters. Actually, no. Timon is probably my favorite character. I love Timon. He's... Oh my goodness, Timon. <laughs> Timon's great. So no, no I, I like think, all the two too. Uh, I,
1: I don't want to talk about them specifically, but the whole, like, the comedy aspect in this film, and I'm not... It's not... I don't think it's meant to be a funny movie, but there are definitely comedic moments in the film. Those didn't really land for me either. And that's probably because I'm just a cynical person... And I only find really stupid, like, I don't know what I find funny until I hear it. And it it could also just be, I've seen enough. It's all Disney humor. Disney has a very specific brand of humor. And you've seen it once, you've seen it all the times. And I might just be tired of it at this point. Marvel is the same way. Marvel has a very specific brand of humor that now we're at the point where I'm just like, most things that are probably supposed to be funny, I don't find funny. Just because I'm tired of seeing the same kind of joke played over and over again. Now there are exceptions. Like I said, what was it? By the release of this episode would be like two weeks ago. When we saw Far From Home, that was like, I found a lot of parts of that movie really funny. But that's all besides the point. I guess I just feel like I've seen this joke played out in other Disney movies by this point. Not that funny to me anymore. I don't know.
0: Man, I don't really know what else to talk about then because the moment's <laughs> where the past wasn't funny. I mean,
1: like, I don't really know. I'm sorry, I'm like just trashing your favorite movie. I'm not trying to, I just don't have. A- I don't know.
0: What about it? I don't know if I can make you watch Lion King 2 now because Lion I mean, King you can. Well, for anyone out there who hasn't already guessed, The Lion King 2 came out in 1998. I was born in 1999. My mom was pregnant with me when she saw The Lion King 2, and she loved the name Kiara, and so that is where I got my name. So I've not only grown up loving like Lion King series in general, but I absolutely adore The Lion King 2. I grew up as a kid whenever I would watch it, looking and saying, we Oh, look, that's Kiara." <laughs> And I I still to this day will like watch the Lion King 2 and be like, oh look, there's me just because it's it, it it's just it's just how to do so the Lion King 2 is very near and dear to my heart. So I don't know if I can handle you hate like Lion 2.
1: I don't hate it. I've said this a thousand times. I don't hate it. I just don't
0: love it. There's a difference. Yeah, but like the songs though, like what about be prepared? Be prepared is so good. Well, not as good I, as my I, lullaby. We've but. already been
1: over it um i don't care for the music that much
0: so you don't care for the humor the drama or the music so i'm out I of things. i said it looked um, pretty
1: and i didn't say the characters were all that bad okay <laughs> i don't know what else to talk about I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry that I'm a bad person. You can You're not a
0: bad person. It's just that like I think Scar is gonna
1: kick me off the show after this episode, everybody. So say your goodbyes now. Um I'll be I wandering you the earth.
0: off earlier for liking Scar.
1: Yeah. I didn't say it was because you liked him, I just said it was because you love him and I was like, Okay, that's some some that's some questionable Tell me you do not love a good villain though. I enjoy a good villain. I don't love a good villain. I feel like there's a fine line here.
0: I feel like there could be like two different kinds of love though, because like I don't I don't love a villain usually the same way I love a protagonist, but usually it's like I love how they're written and like just how good they are. Like Loki or Zemo. Here we are again. I love Zemo a lot. So take that. Everyone who has bashed poor Zemo ever since Civil War came out, I love him, and I like Daniel Brühl's portrayal, and I think Zemo deserves more credit, and he has a cool accent. And the sh- we were that's supposed right. to be talking about that's, lying. That's, game that's, now. That's really like, about like I know the truth.
1: No, I don't... Okay, the difference is love implies a certain care for. Like, I love this. I care for it. Enjoy just is a little bit more detached, which I prefer, because, like, I don't... I I don't care about a villain. Maybe I do, sometimes, in certain exceptions, but, like, I enjoy a good villain, as in, I like to watch them, but if they died, I'm not torn up by it.
0: I guess that's where, like, our different personalities come in, because for me, I'm very emotion. I'm extremely emotion-forward, so for, so for me, it's, like, all in. Like a side like, that has no emotions at all. Well, no, it's just that, like, you might look at something more logically or see it in a different way, whereas for me, I'm, like, which isn't always a good thing, but I'm at, like, one of two extremes. Either, like, I love this character with my whole heart, and I would die for them, and I want to marry them, and they are wonderful human beings, and they're my children, and I just love them so much, or... You go to the opposite of the spectrum where I'm like, I hate this character's very existence. I cannot stand them being here. I wish they would die. Why you're are not they thinking here? If
1: anyone in particular now, are you?
0: <laughs>
1: want to guess who I'm thinking of? Um, I don't think I need to actually. Go for it. No, I want to see if you know.
0: <laughs> Definitely
1: about. not Lila Bard.
0: Yes, Lila.
1: Uh, I hate her so much. I know you do. We don't need to rehash this for everyone <laughs> to listen.
0: But that's the thing is that I am very, I do recognize that about myself because I'm very emotional. Oh, I'm... I feel this. I love this. I hate this. Sometimes I might say I like something, but other than that, most of the times it's not going to be that, I guess maybe more third party. I enjoy something. That's going to either be, <laughs> I liked it. I loved it. I disliked it or hated it probably. <laughs> like those that's like my four emotions. <laughs> Just like right there. It'd be nice so. to only have four emotions. <laughs> um. uh, or at least start, like characters. Like so like for me, like if I really like like how a character is written, most of the times that's going to go in that like or love category. Even if I don't like don't agree with the character or what they're doing is because to me, that love is... I love how they're portrayed. I like how they're complex. Everything about them is cool. I like that. So, I don't know. So, that's, that, that is interesting, though. How we see it differently. How, for me, it's just... <laughs> just burning with emotion. I'm just like, I love it so much. I think
1: and you like, have yeah, some like, though. Like, there is some nuance in your thinking. It's just not always your first instinct. I'm going to psychoanalyze Kiara on 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 camera on recording now.
0: <laughs> well, I'm kidding. well, I I guess there is. It's just that I don't usually have a lot of middle ground. Okay. I guess there can be another middle ground in between those two spectrums could possibly be like I just don't really care, which is mm-hmm. honestly where I'm at right now with with um I'm reading Vicious by Victoria Schwab or V.E. Schwab. and You would
1: say V.E. Schwab. There's a distinct difference here, but I can explain that another day. Yes.
0: Well, like, she has it as V.E. Schwab, but then, like, other stuff is Victoria. I don't know. I When Okay, her adult novels,
1: she, her her novels for adults are written under V.E. Schwab. Everything for young adults and, like, middle grade is Victoria Schwab. That's the difference.
0: I didn't even know she even wrote middle grade. I've <laughs> so I don't do you know. this. Which ones? were? I don't even know which ones those are because both of the ones I've read so far have been the adult ones. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Uh, I think I keep looking for it on my shelf. I don't
1: have it there anymore. Um, The Savage Song is young adult. Um, City of Ghosts is middle grade. The Archived is young adult. It is not that great. That's that. I mean, it's not my favorite. And I think that's all I can remember off the top of my head. Those are the ones I've read. Oh, okay, well...
0: Well, anyway. The lady. Yeah. <laughs> the lady. Okay, so I've been reading Vicious by uh, V.E. Schwab, and I really okay. like the, like, plot and the general idea of everything, and it's super interesting, and I am engaged in what's happening, but I don't have strong feelings for any of the characters yet, and I'm, like, about 100 pages in... And that's really weird for me because, like I said, I usually am at one extreme or the other. I will meet a character. Well, I do sometimes, like, not have strong feelings for a character. But, like, usually I'm like, oh, I absolutely love Rai. Oh, I absolutely love Kel. Oh, I absolutely despise Lila with every fiber of my being. Oh, I I I love Scar. Or I love, you know, Timon and Pumbaa. They're so cute. Or... I hate, I don't actually hate any one of the Lion Kings, or the Lion King 2, but you know, I dislike one of those, and for this it's really weird for me, because there's just not a lot of emotion attached to it, it's just kind of like I don't feel like I know the characters very well, or that I'm getting, maybe there is some complexity there, but I'm not being shown it, which I think might be partially a side effect of jumping around in time, because I'm going yeah. back to the- Different characters and I'm like I don't know what any of you are doing I I don't understand so like I guess I can have that middle ground of eh I just don't really care either way but most of the times I'm like a pendulum it's gonna swing to one or the other it's gonna be like I absolutely love you I absolutely hate you so and this I feel like okay honestly I feel like three fourths of this episode has had absolutely nothing to do with the Lion King yeah that sounds about right I was just gonna
1: say. Once you get through, like, the first part of Vicious, it still skips around in time, but not as dramatically, so you might start to see more there. I can't believe you don't like Sydney. She's my favorite.
0: No, she's a cute little kid, but I just don't really feel like there's much else. So far, I'm just kind of like, okay, she's a kid who can raise the dead, and she had a sad story with her sister being terrible, but that's it i don't really know much else about her and i don't know much about victor or eli either or mitch it's just kind of like okay they're here and stuff is happening that's part of the fun it's so fun to me though because i want to emotionally connect with someone like like uh, like I don't know. I, I, so I'm hoping that maybe eventually, because, like, to me, I felt like, again, since, since we were going back and forth on time and we were just seeing snapshots, like, when I went back in time and Victor got his powers and became an EO and Angie died and then um, Eli called the police on him and then all of a sudden Victor is just like, all right, I'm going to come stab you. Okay. I did not feel like what you have to
1: understand is that both of them are just like a little bit unhinged.
0: But that's the thing. I don't feel like that was established as much. And then all of a sudden <laughs> it it's I'm like, there's this isn't a payoff for anything, other than the fact that maybe becoming an EO also affects something in you, which I do like that idea in some ways, because like with uh Brandon Sanderson's uh, trilogy, The Reckoner, Steelheart.
1: Calamity was- wasn't that good. Okay, wow. But <laughs> 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 It took me so long to get through that book. I was just like, are we
0: done?
1: The other two were okay.
0: I actually was not a huge fan of Calamity. I liked Steelheart and Firefight better than I liked Calamity. I don't okay, think Calamity tied good. a lot of plot points that it should have or didn't tie them yeah, up I- set- satisfying that's way. exactly
1: how i felt actually i'm glad we found something we can agree on
0: <laughs> well i was just saying that, like with the epics something interesting about them was that their powers kind of ate away at them and did turn them darker which seemed like that was a similar thought being echoed in vicious but i feel like with the *Reckoner* trilogy i had more time there was more time that they built it up and showed it and explored it Whereas Vicious is just this, you know, I got powers, and an hour later, I suddenly, you know, snapped on my best friend of, like, three years, who, uh, uh, I don't know. So, like, I didn't feel like there was a big, satisfying payoff for that, but, like I said, I mean, I still really like the book, and I'm gonna keep reading it, and hopefully, eventually, I do get a connection. It's just that that's, uh, it is gonna be a problem with me, because... I am the kind of writer and reader that values characters over plot. And well, yeah. yes, I do, think plot needs to be good. The ideal thing is that you have good plot and a good characters. But if I have to choose between the two, I am more likely to read a book that has really good characters and a bad plot or than I would if it has bad characters but a good plot because I need to connect with those. <laughs> Which is why I never ended up finishing the Embassy Row trilogy, because I... Because you pop- hated her. Yes. and I one. can't remember. Grace.
1: Grace. And and I still were- think you should read Allie Carter's other... Well, her one other series that I really like. But that's just there,
0: there were, like, two characters I did really like in there, which were Alexei and Noah. I loved them. I love Noah so much. But... And I loved... Like, that was, like, the perfect... Story, uh, story, plot thing for me. Like I was just like, you know, trying to figure like ambassador things, trying to figure out like diplomacy and stuff. Yes, please, I want a political thriller. Please give it to me. But then whenever I'm inside the head of a character that I absolutely can't stand, I just can't. That plot won't make it up, won't make up for it for me. Whereas if it's not a great plot, but there are great characters. I'm probably going to stick through it more likely because I love those characters and I've adopted them and I want to follow them into whatever they're doing. Even if it's just kind of like, okay, this is less than great. So th- than yeah, great. that's, that's why I want to connect with the characters. And I'm hoping that I eventually do.
1: Well, here's
0: hoping. Just I was like gonna how say you...
1: more stuff, but we're already on a tangent. So I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was gonna, well, I was going to bring it around and say, like how you might have thought the plot of The Lion King was good, but you didn't really like... You weren't you know, as attached to the characters. There you go. Full circle.
1: There we go. I guess... Okay, back to The Lion King. Is there anything I else underst- to say? About no. It I, I understood the characters. That's not really the issue. It was more just like... I don't know if it was my attitude going into the movie that I've just felt like, okay... This is how it seems to be with like every Disney movie. It's like I feel like I'm obligated to watch it and therefore it feels like more like a chore than like something I would enjoy to do. And that's not your fault. Like that's not you saying, hey, you should watch this for our podcast. That's a societal thing saying you can't be a member of society unless you've seen every Disney movie at least twice.
0: Well, I haven't seen every Disney movie at least twice, so It's uh,
1: that I mean that's an extreme example. It's just like there's this attitude of like, wait, you I, I discussed this last time we talked. Like, you haven't seen this? How are you even human? Like, that's the way people seem to treat it. Like I committed some like unforgivable sin or something because I didn't watch Cinderella when I was a kid. Actually that's not true. I did watch Cinderella as a child. But like do you do you understand what I'm saying? So, like, every time I watch a Disney movie, I'm like, I guess I have to because otherwise I'm, like, a criminal or something.
0: I guess, but coming from the point, I guess, coming from the point of view of someone who has watched them and would probably be like, well, like, I literally have been with you. Like, oh, my goodness, you haven't seen them. I think it's less of, like, it's a, even if it feels that way to you, I don't think it's a, you have to be watching this. How dare that's you? How it Whatever, it, I think it's more of just as it's such a big cultural phenomena, it, phenomenon, especially well all over the world. But I feel especially you know in the U.S. and in the Americas, and so many people have grown up with it, have such fond memories of it and know so many other people who have had those similar experiences that it's hard for them to believe that someone might not have had that experience. Just like how someone would probably be very surprised they found someone who had never seen Star Wars and didn't know anything about it because it's such a cultural thing. Like, everyone knows, you know, Darth Vader is Luke's father. Everyone knows... Spoiler alert! But
1: It's not the shock that bothers me, like, when people are surprised that I haven't seen many Disney films. Like, that doesn't... Su- that doesn't bother me because like yeah it is surprising that i somehow managed to miss an entire cultural phenomenon like that is almost impressive if i do say so myself but what bothers me is when people act like it it feels like a gatekeeping gatekeeping in a way in that you can't be like a real part of pop culture or whatever if you haven't seen these movies and i get that attitude not not overtly, but definitely kind of subtly, like, oh, wait, you wouldn't under, like, I don't know how to say it. Just well, like, I guess like when people that's... start listing, and then, I know you've done this, and I know you don't mean it this way, so I'm not necessarily saying this about you, but like when people start listing off movies, like, well, have you seen this? Well, have you seen that? And then when I say no, they're like, well, we have to watch this right now. And I'm just like, okay, you know, like, it's not like it's going to solve world hunger or anything like that, or, you know, it's not, the world isn't going to come to an end because I didn't watch this movie from 1989
0: or whatever. Yeah, but they're wanting to share something with you because if that's something that they grew up with that they have loved and they do think is a really good movie, you want to share that when someone hasn't, you know, watched it. Like, if someone, again, going back to Star Wars, if someone would say, you know, I've never seen it, I can guarantee you that probably most people would be like, well, you need to see it. Like, we need to show you this because this is really cool Mm -hmm. and we want you to experience it. Even just, like, you wanting me to watch the Dragon Prince because you wanted me to experience it and knew I would like it and then I did and I loved it and it's one of my favorite things.
1: But maybe there's a reason that I haven't I don't mind people wanting to show me the things that they care about. It's it gets to the point with this where I start to feel like it's an obligation and I don't like that. I don't like feeling like I'm obligated to like things or to watch or to like participate in things. Like okay I'll use another example and I don't read a lot of classic literature I just never did for some reason my high school had us read Jane Eyre like four times but I never read there are a lot of things I didn't read until I came to college and so I'll mention something like yeah I never read okay coming into college the only Jane Austen book I'd ever read was Pride and Prejudice because I did that in high school and we read Emma my first year of college which I didn't like as much sorry but it was just, why, it, there's this sort of attitude, like, well, wait, you haven't read this author or this author? Like, how can you even be an English major? And I don't like that feeling of, oh, you have to read this in order to be a good student of literature.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's fair for anyone, because there are so the you know, same, that, Yeah, that's the same possibly... way I feel about the Disney
1: movies, then, because it feels like Okay, for some reason, Disney movies get kind of lumped in with, like, nerd geek culture, which in some ways I understand, in some ways I don't. But it feels sometimes like, oh, you can't be a real part of this culture unless you've seen these movies.
0: I, well, yeah, I guess I just don't come from it that way because I think you can be because there's so many nerdy, geeky things that I have never experienced. Like we were talking about the other day, I have never played Pokemon that was never a part of my childhood the closest I ever got was playing Super Smash Brothers and using Pikachu all the time, because I was like, this little yellow thing is so cute, and I love how it goes, Pika, Pika! (laughs) And so, like, I would use Pikachu all the time, and that is a cultural thing that I have missed, and that now, as I'm older, I am curious, and I have been, like, watching way, way too many videos and, like, the origins of different Pokemon designs and stuff, but... I haven't still really been a part of it other than watching Texas Pikachu, which probably doesn't really count. No, I count. I playing, count it counts. I can And then playing like approximately one month of Pokemon Go a year after it was cool. And then it's always cool. cool. Pokemon Go will always be cool. And then being like, okay, this happened. And now I have the uh Wizards Unite, which is Pokemon Go, but different, and I love it so much. It uses the same map, though. I mean, it makes sense because it both were developed
1: by Niantic. I I played it for like five minutes before I deleted it, and I just looked at the spots on campus. I'm like, these are in the exact same places that all the spots are in Pokemon Go. So yeah,
0: yeah. it is. It is like since it's Niantic, it is like that thing. But like for me, since it was, it's more interesting and more fun for me to play because I'm part of that world and I'm not part of the Pokemon world. But like. That is something, like, I see, too, is that people are like, whoa, you don't really know anything about Pokemon? And like, no. Because, like, even a whole so many YouTubers and stuff that I watch will talk about how Pokemon was such a big part of their childhood and they were kids who just loved it. And I'm just like, y'all, I don't know what you're talking about. But, like, that is... I don't think that doesn't make me a geek or a nerd, even though I do want to get into it because I think it's interesting. Mm. That's just not me. Or, like, how a lot of people... Love Stranger Things, and that's such a very pop culture thing right now. And I'm but that's like,
1: newer. I don't know if you can count that because it's so it's so much newer than these other things we're talking about. Not that I it's do- a valid point. I just feel like Stranger Things is so new that people won't be as surprised if you haven't watched it.
0: I guess I feel like people still have though, or like with Game of Thrones, like people were always, any damn that haven't watched it, it's like you haven't watched it. and I'm like, no, because it's. It, 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 Because it's Game of Thrones. Like, I don't want to watch it. But even then, I don't think that that makes anyone any less of a fan of something. There's so many classics I haven't read or don't like in, like, literature, like Shakespeare. Oh, my goodness, I hate Romeo and Juliet with Burning Passion. I do kind of like Macbeth, though, because Shakespeare actually went from, Oh, lovey-dovey, we've known each other for two hours, and we love each other, and we're going to die now, to Witches and prophecies and magic and assassination and I loved it all. I was like, "This is great! Why didn't we start with this in ninth grade, guys? Like, why did we read Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> Who should be reading Romeo and Juliet anymore?" Or well, like, Romeo and Juliet loved, is easy to grasp. Uh, easy it's so, bad to grasp. It's so
1: bad.
0: Or like how I read Frankenstein by Mary Shelley for school, and it was it was interesting. I'll give it that. Like, I was telling my mom yesterday about some of the like, things that happened in it, because somehow we got on the topic of Frankenstein, and I don't remember how.
1: one does. But
0: I did not like it. It terrified me, and I hate anything even remotely related to horror. And, like, you know, Mary Shelley is known as, like, the mother of horror, and I'm like, <laughs> why is this mandated? Why are we reading this whenever not everyone wants horror? But like there are classics like i don't like but i don't feel like that makes me any less of a reader because there are ones like i really have liked like the great gatsby i'd never read until 11th grade i believe and i read the great gatsby and i did actually really really like it more much more than i thought i would and like that's a big cultural thing and i'd never really knew much about it but I like it now, but there are still other literature things I haven't so there are people I think that do i guess they call it gatekeeping, but i don't i don't know i don't I'm of the opinion that it doesn't matter and that most of the times when people want to show me things they want to show me because they like it and they want me to experience it with them and sometimes I'm like, well no, thank you because like with you know, Game of Thrones. I have content issues with it, or with Stranger Things. I'm like, I am terrified of everything. Please do not oh, show it's, me.
1: It, it's got some creepy stuff in it. Let me tell you. I still a great show. It just. I fre-
0: I, I just love the people because like people underestimate how scared of ridiculous things I can be. Because like they'll tell me about something and I'll be like, oh yeah, no, I haven't seen or haven't read it because. I get scared really easily. They'll be like, "Oh no, I do too," but this is so and I'm like, "No, you don't understand. I couldn't sleep well for months as a younger kid after a SpongeBob episode." I I, I don't have a problem. SpongeBob either,
1: so you can lob your tomatoes later.
0: I just I, people, yeah, people underestimate that. And they're like, "No, it's not that scary or something." And I'm like, "No, literally. It could be something animated. It could be whatever." And it's not just like, oh, it'll freak me out. It'll literally be weeks or even months that it'll be affecting me. Which now I know might be because of my OCD. So that explains that a lot. Actually. But still, um, I'm just
1: always...
0: Come on, people. Come on. If, if
1: it makes you feel any better, I, I can tell a funny story quick. Do you remember that show that was on PBS, like, eons ago called Cyber Chase? Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. I love that. So I,
1: that was, like, the only show that I... like. I mean, I was probably... What five or six at the time, and that was the only show that I remember enjoying as a child on public programming mm-hmm. because we didn't have cable at my house, so, like, we didn't get the Disney Channel, we didn't get Cartoon we didn't Network lie. because we didn't care. And my dad, if we ever wanted to watch something, my dad was like, Here's a VHS tape, and I was like, Cool. So, anyway, <laughs> we watched Cyber Chase because we did get PBS, and I remember there was one episode where. You know, because most kids shows, the villain is defeated at the end of every episode, right? So yeah, I guess there was one episode that was kind of supposed to be like a two-part thing, because at the end of that one episode, the villain won, and I was distraught. Like oh, I felt like oh, my oh. whole world fell apart, and I'm like five at the time, okay? <laughs> so, but that—I mean, it wasn't even scary. It was just like. I like tried to explain it to my dad. I remember like being in tears, trying to explain oh. it to my dad. It's like Maggie, it's just a show. And I'm like, I know, but I'm very upset. <laughs>
0: that was like the future of you, you know, like reading and liking stories, like that one thing. You're, like, I don't I know, but like I love the kid, ca- I'm invested in this dad. Dad,
1: you don't understand. Nah. Man, I love it, PBS like, kids, though. I, I,
0: I was just like
1: It was just one of those things, and now I look back and I think, why was I like that? Why did I have to be so dramatic? But anyway, I just thought that would make you feel better. (laughs) Because it wasn't even scary, it was just like, it's a bad ending.
0: Yeah, I'm learning to be okay and to own up to my fears and stuff because I'm learning that it's much better to just sort of have it out in the open, and if people judge me, then That judgment is better than the mental problems that will come with just going along with it. And I still have trouble with that sometimes, but most of the times I'm learning to be dude, no, I I can't do this. And sometimes I do kind of turn it into a joke or kind of use it in a self-deprecating manner because it's more palatable to people. So you know, at work, whenever people will come you know, customers will come, and we'll have like an R-rated movie. and They'll be like, oh, have you seen this yet? And I'll kind of laugh and I'll say, no, I get, I get scared really easily. So I don't watch things like that. And there you go. And There you go. I don't even know if we talked about Lion King enough for this to be a Lion King episode. It is on. a
1: Lion King episode. Listen.
0: I don't think it can be the Lion King episode. We talked about the Lion King for like 20 minutes.
1: We talked about it more than that. It is a Lion King episode. Because I'm not doing this again.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not saying doing this again. I'm just saying this might need to be like a... I don't know, an archived episode or something. And well, guys, thank it, you for... the end. Thank you for joining that mess of a thing. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's...
1: Oh, what a mess. It was a very productive conversation. We talked about adaptations. We talked about why I didn't like the Lion King. We talked about... Why I feel like people hate me every time I say I haven't watched a Disney movie. Which brought in a very important conversation about what makes people fans and should people be required to like things. So, it was good conversation. I wouldn't call it a mess. It was natural.
0: Well, well, (laughs) I don't know how to end this. Thank you all for listening and for sticking around. I appreciate it. We appreciate you listening. And I'm sorry that this wasn't as much of a Lion King episode as you might have expected, clicking on it and being like, I love the Lion King. And then, like, the first thing you hear is Maggie being like, it's a meme. I'm not sorry.
1: I was honest.
0: But we appreciate you guys tuning in. If you want to get in contact with us, we're on several social medias. I'm on Twitter at Kalmy, That's at K-I-A-R-A underscore K-A-L-M-E-Y. And Maggie is on Twitter and Instagram at Mag, And then our official podcast account is on twitter at unreliable pod if you'd like to send us an email you can shoot one over at unreliable narrators at gmail.com and we'd appreciate if you could leave a review or just let us know what you think of the podcast so that we can keep churning out things that you guys like and are interested in and that we also can start having reviews that will also help the sites and the platforms we're on to distribute the podcast more widely and recommend it to people and just kind of get it more recognition and notice from the greater community so thank you so much yeah. again for listening and we will see you next time bye bye remember who you are Simba. that's the meme <laughs>